You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. From the TCL studios, it's Mackie and Judd. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Rose against Exum. High flyer off the glass. Tough shot. Rose back to work against Rubio. You know, we're seeing a flash of his rookie year. Before the knees. Inside. Kick it up and in. Rose guarded by Exum. Search dribble. Drives on Rudy. Stops. On a dime. A lot of hard work uh, put into my craft, and um, it's all about rhythm. Like I said a couple of days ago, it's all about finding my one-two into my shots and knowing like what to do in the game and figure things out during the game. And coming back here, like being comfortable with Tibbs and the staff, just playing basketball, just being happy playing. Football. I know it's the football hour, but Derek Rose scored 50 points last night. He did. Matthew Collar uh, has been known to shoot a basketball once in a while, in addition to watching football videos on YouTube. Hello. Yes, yes. Uh, I was explaining out today at the Performance Center of Performance uh, that I watched the 1989 wildcard game between the Bills and Browns, and it is a must-watch, everyone. Was that one of the one of the fumble games for the Browns? Uh, no, that was a Ronnie Harmon dropped pass in the end zone that would have won the Bills the game, and mm. instead they had to wait another year before going to the Super Bowl. What was the sign? that You posted a picture <laughs> of a guy with a sign in the end yes. zone? That's one of the best parts of watching old games is the stuff that you catch on the sides. And a guy had a sign that said, porn ruins lives. It was wow. a gigantic fluorescent <laughs> sign. Like front row of the end zone. Yeah. Front, so Scott Norwood's getting ready to kick the extra point, and it's porn ruins lives. It's like, okay, I've got to post this on Twitter. And that's, you know, that's and magazine porn, too, it, man. That's old, that's, school that's old school porn. Right. Exactly and, right. If you watch this game, VHS. if in the NFL today they had asked players to play on this field, there would have been protests. I mean, the players would have said, no way. We are never stepping on that field, not in a million years. It was Cleveland, the Cleveland. It was Cleveland. And both kickers had times where their left foot slid out. And in fact, Scott Norwood's left foot slid out on an extra point and caused it to get blocked, which then ultimately forced the Bills to try and score a touchdown on the final drive instead of a field goal. And that's where. What time Ronnie are you watching this till? Oh, I mean. It's pretty late. Football. <laughs> 3 a.m. I'm the early end, right? I love how like, like some of us in the mid-90s as kids would try to find that Spice channel, you know? And we'd watch the, <laughs> the grainy, grainy footage, Spice. Collar was probably trying to find inside the NFL through grainy HBO and Showtime. Oh, is that uh, Collinsworth? Yes. Now, Break down I, that film for me. It's young Phil Sims. This is great. I found ESPN Phil Sims. But, but see, this is part of like my nerddom, too, with like... The, like old school games and stuff because I would come home from elementary school and I was in like fifth grade and I would sit down and watch like NFL film stuff instead of like VHS cartoons. No, the st- I'd turn on like the deuce ESPN two, and there'd be like some NFL films, you know, yearbook of some team of yeah. the, like the dolphins in 96 or something. Yeah. And ESPN two was basically just the Steve Sable channel throughout the entire nineties yeah. and early two thousand. I'd be watching that instead of like, 
the Disney afternoon or whatever, the cartoons and stuff. Like, yeah, so I get it. So I got most of my information through reading things because we didn't have cable. So I would like plan the week around this week in baseball on Saturday. Yeah. And then NFL films had a half an hour leading into the pregame shows that I always made sure I caught, watch all the pregame shows, all the games all the way through. But if it wasn't on TV in my market, I probably didn't see it. So then going back and reading about all these things that happened, and now I can find them on YouTube. It's like, oh, I remember this, sort of, but like, let me actually watch it. And a game like that, 89 is a little early for me to remember sports. So I know this tragic moment in Buffalo sports history that is, I mean, in 14th place or whatever, right? Because the very next year, Norwood misses the field goal to win the Super Bowl. So it's much worse than a drop pass in the end zone. But it's like, okay, I've heard about this one, but I had no idea how insane this game was. There's fumbles. There's a kick return for touchdown. Kelly and Bernie Kozar going back and forth, just dropping dimes everywhere. Well, Kozar was great at the time. He's unbelievable. Yes. Thurman Thomas has 14 catches in the game. Kelly goes for 400 yards in 1989. So he's just throwing everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was a super game. And then last night, I watched uh, the Randy Moss punt return versus Kansas City. Oh, yes. Uh, ESPN game, right? Wasn't that Sunday night? That's that's right. And it was Mike Patrick and Paul McGuire and Joe Theismann. The best part about that broadcast is that those guys would get so mad. So Paul McGuire would be like, I have no idea what Ed McDaniel is looking at on this play. What is wrong with him? And it was just so great, the energy of that broadcast. And Moss, of course, fumbles a punt and also fumbles a potential tying play, or or at least that would have brought them inside the 10. And they're showing Moss, and he's just dejected on the sideline. And then it's almost like he decided, I'm returning this next one for a touchdown to make up for it. And then Kansas City, Elvis Gerback leads them down for the game-winning field goal from Mm -hmm. Pete Stoyanovich. How bad was Theismann, though? Theismann kept that job forever. I don't know. I I don't know. Was Um, he was he really was he regarded as being terrible? I guess I I was too much of a kid when he was. Yeah, it it got worse and worse. I have trouble with that. Like objectively analyzing something that happened when I was a kid, even when I go back and listen to it. Because like even my wife will argue that there are really good like in sync songs, and you're like, well, come on. And it's like, no, no. But I loved him as a kid. And like, all right, well then I guess you know you're never going to now listen to it and be like, oh, that was awful because you loved it then. So with with Theismann now. Here's here's how crazy this was. I used to have this radio that would pick up TV signals. So you could, yeah, it was like super technology from whatever. So you could listen to the game on the TV broadcast. So you'd be trying to like figure out what was actually going on if you couldn't get it on the radio. So games like that, Monday Night Football or Sunday, I think it was Sunday Night Football at the time was on ESPN. Yep. I would be listening to this like weird-ass radio that could pick up TV signals. So I would hear them and Paul McGuire and Mike Patrick, and I I thought it was great, and I thought the energy of the broadcast was great. Mike Patrick was good. Yeah, objectively, it might not have been. He was See, good. Good to play by play. I'd make fun of you for being a nerd, but I also played indoor baseball with mini bats and a sponge ball and yeah. kept my own box scores that were custom made you by my what? stepdad. Being so. a nerd that, as a kid is awesome. It's fine. I was a complete nerd. Was? And I, I still <laughs> But I embrace it. It's great. It's fantastic. I'd play games with baseball cards, and I would. Mm-hmm. I I actually had a r- radio that at one point I hooked some type of antenna up to, 
and tried to pull in as many hockey broadcasts as possible. Oh, Complete yeah. On oh, Friday yeah. nights when kids were doing real oh, things. Sure, Did yeah. you ever used to cut the heads off Loved of managers it. and coaches on the cards that you wanted to fire? Or that seems like you. Like you would poke holes in the eyes of... I didn't become that jaded till okay. till probably 11 or 12. Well, I would, I would make baseball card lineups. So I would go through a couple of packs that you buy and then try to make out the best lineup for like two teams, <laughs> things like that. Uh, my brother and I had some sort of weird baseball game that we invented with a tennis ball out back or in the road where you would try to, if you hit it over the person's head, it was a home run. You had to stand in a specific spot. If you hit it in front of them, it was a base hit. So it was like, is your strategy to try to like, you know, do the twins and just make contact or something? Or are you like going for dingers? And uh, we were the original analytics with that. We usually went for dingers. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we have a call about Joe Theismann here. I love this path, Ron. Billy in Minneapolis, you're on the show. Hey, uh, I used to kind of like Tysman a little bit, but he lost all credibility with me when he. Uh, they used to do this thing. I don't know why they did it, but they would they would put like a like the eighty seven forty niners against the seventy three Steelers, and and somehow they like did a video enhancement of it how they would actually make the plays, and he was doing a play by play for it like. He was involved in the game. It was so ridiculous. I'll yeah. You can yeah. So hold on. I I remember that. Was it so? ESPN. I remember this. Glued too. together games, right? So they would glue together yeah. footage of the eighty-seven forty-niners against the against the Johnny Unitas Colts or something. They, I remember this. They did. They they tried to decide like what the greatest dynasty of all time in NFL history was. So they'd take like the Packers of the sixties, the Steelers of the seventies. The 49ers of the 80s and the Cowboys of the 90s, and they they had like this little like tournament thing where they would like do with editing and everything have like the the 80s 49ers going up against the 70s Steelers in but, like the but, championship or whatever. But the video footage would be the 80s 49ers against the 80s Steelers or yeah, they whatever. Yeah, would, they, would, they, like, would, they would they would manipulate it. They would find like old footage and they would like. <laughs> Photoshop right. like jersey numbers where it's it's not really Terry Bradshaw, but somehow they you know use their digital editing power to put like a twelve on some random Steelers quarterback from the eighties. So this relates to my article at fifteen hundred ESPN. Wow, look at that segue today. right there. Look at that. Uh, well, awesome. what I, so so what I did was we were playing Tech Mobile in the studio the other day, and I realized that the Vikings use a Tech Mobile play all the time. And then I went around and asked everyone about it. Anthony Barr and Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, John Filippo. I asked them all about this play that is on Tech Mobile, and I showed them the play. To, of course, their wonderment, like, what is going on here? Do they not know this? what... Like, so, they've heard of it, but they didn't know, like, what it looks like, the, the actual game. So Filippo like, knows, right? This? Yeah, yeah, he doesn't strike me as a guy who has thought about anything but, like, you know, route combinations okay. for a really long time. He's so, in the Nintendo age bracket, though, right? He, he's, he like, is, in his yeah. upper 30s or something. He said he hadn't played video games since he was, like, 10. So maybe he was, like, designing playbooks at 11 or something. I'm not sure. Uh, he strikes me <laughs> as that kind of guy. But they were all kind of uh, intrigued by it and talked about some of the video games that they grew up playing, like NFL Blitz and Madden. And Anthony Barr was laughing about how in Madden 02, the linebackers were the same size as the kickers and things like that. And I. That's true. They were all. Actually, that was true for Madden between like 94 up to oh, yeah. 2002. Everybody was the same size. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and one of the great things about Tech Mobile and even stuff like you guys are talking about with these goofy sort of attempts to manipulate football into some sort of fun thing 
is that they were unrealistic in a lot of ways, but realistic enough where you could have fun with them. So, like, the names are on Tecmo Bowl. So we could be like, yes, I'm using Bo Jackson. But, I mean, Bo Jackson really can't run circles around all 11 players on the other team on every play in real life. But I don't know. You saw that commercial. Yeah, that's true. Actually, that was in a vehicle, though. He cheated in the commercial. I I think that it's something that uh, football offers uh, as much as anything. That baseball cards had and and sort of lost, but and even video games have lost their fastball on this because they're so realistic. You're like, you don't know how to read the safeties, bro. Like that's cloud coverage. What are you doing? It's like way too realistic. You can't just get like (laughs) two people who only sort of know football and they're nine years old, like playing against each other and having that great of a time. You have to be like some sort of football aficionado to even play Madden and succeed with it. So what's the play? Oh, the, oh, the Tecmo Super Bowl play? Yeah, that, that the Vikings run. It is the all-curls play. So uh, Mike Zimmer called it sticks when I asked him about it. It's where... It, 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 <laughs> this it, is great. It's exactly what it is on the game. It is it is one of the hardest plays to execute on the game because you can't, you can't like beat a cornerback off a route. If right. they decide to cover you... You can't complete a pass on Tecmo Super Bowl. You're just up to whether the computer defense decides to cover you or not, yes. basically. But if they leave a guy open, it's 100%. For sure. So you just have to kind of hope for it. And that's the same way. It works the same way. So they manipulate some of the routes a little bit, unlike the video game, which is from 91, and you can't manipulate routes on it. Uh, but you run to the sticks, and you run a hitch or a curl right there at the sticks, and then the quarterback throws you the ball. It is that simple. And Anthony Barr was talking about that, too, is – it, it's the most backyardy NFL play there is. All right, all four of you, run to the first down, and I'll huck you the ball. But where it's clever is that it works against both coverages, which John Filippo explained to me, where if it's man coverage, Adam Thielen beats his man on a hitch. And if it's zone coverage, Adam Thielen finds a space in that zone to where he's running his route, or you have a tight end break inside to draw a defender over to create a little bit of... Uh, of room there. And then the cool part about it is you drop it in once or twice a game. It, you don't use it all the time. Like I would on tech mobile. It's once or twice a game. And the other team is never really truly ready for it. See like, when I, when I was a kid, I used to run flea flicker on every play. Oh, I would just like, awesome. there's like three different flea flickers. I, if I, in fact, if I was an NFL offensive coordinator, I would just run flea flickers and that quarterback sneak with Warren moon. Like those would be the only two plays in my playbook. So there's a, uh, a couple of glitches that are great that just don't exist on the games anymore. And I miss them that. And one of them is that on tech mobile, if you purposefully take the kick kickoff and run out of bounds at the one, and then if you can buy enough time as a quarterback, you could throw the ball 99 yards down to the other side. Of the no, like, like if you run the, the right, air, the 99 air, yards, yeah, in the air, it will fly 99 yards for a touchdown on the other yeah. end of the field. And if it's, and it's amazing, if it's Dan Marino, it's more on a line. And yeah. if there's other quarterbacks like Wade Wilson, where it would just it be just a floating. Yeah. High, <laughs> but it will go 99 yards. Tech mobile came out with another version for super Nintendo that they called like final edition, you know, and it, it was the same game, exactly the same, with just the new roster, which Madden started doing after a while. And Scott Zolak, you know him, the backup quarterback of the Patriots, had the worst arm on the game. Yeah. So I, I would do this all the time. Is I would take Scott Zolak, try to run around with him to buy enough time, and you would hit the button, and it would the ball would take literally like twelve seconds to come down on the other side of the field. It'd be like. <laughs> 
<laughs> Dude, just, I, we, we, like breaking video games does not happen anymore. We have it hooked up down the hallway here. We're going to get Judd to play at some point here. Um, That's, awesome. Matthew, That's the best part is that Judd could play. Like, yes, for if sure. If I gave Judd Madden, he would just oh, fall I'd, apart. Oh, no, I'd quit. Yes. Right. I'd you, just you, quit. You I wouldn't fall apart. I'd quit. It. And I, I miss stuff like that. I think that it's one of the best parts of like when you and I were growing up, Phil, is that we had just enough technology to be like, football game and but not enough to have it be anywhere near realistic so you could just get together with your friends who didn't know football and play and and the game the tecmo super bowl games take 20 minutes maximum and then you're out yes Uh, hour-long mlb the show baseball games like what how much time do you think i have not three hours by now it takes so long six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred matthew kyler hanging out from the purple podcast and fifteen hundred espn.com but first time talk to mr money talk josh Mackie and Judd are back. Start churning butter and put on your church shoes, little sister, because we're about to blast off on 1500 ESPN. All right, coming back uh, with traffic here. And right now, guys, I have no crashes in the metro area. And that's uh, that's kind of a first, and I'm kind of happy to report that. So. You can't even make the Wolves joke tonight. Oh. I, I know. No. I, did. I mean, well, everything's all good for the Wolves right now until tomorrow night when they're in Oakland playing the champs. Something could happen But today. Jimmy will play, so... All is well because he he will deign that game one that he should be playing in. Uh, we yeah we, we we're gonna get to Joe and Doug here too. We we're just talking random football stuff here and geeking out about our Tecmo Super Bowl habits and watching football games on YouTube. So I was telling you off the air about John Madden, the guy, and we both listened to the same podcast about how involved he was. But I read that John Madden demanded that it the game be changed so it's harder to convert on fourth down because he felt that too many kids were going for it on fourth down and they weren't learning the proper real football game. <laughs> really? That's real. So That's he, really happened. So you, and, and I think people think that, oh, John Madden just put his name on a video no, game. and So if you get a chance, ESPN 30 for 30 podcast does a 45-minute episode. I think it's from season two, like from a year ago. And and Madden is interviewed as part of this, and he talks about how he'd get into the sound booth when he was recording his lines, and he'd like rewrite all the lines just because they're written by these nerdy video game makers. And John Madden would rewrite the lines and make it more football-y. So one of the lines might be, uh, well, if they... You know, they they would only have a few more timeouts left or something, and he'd read them. Well, a few more timeouts left. I mean, you only get three to begin with, and if you, if, you, if you call one, you wouldn't have a few. You'd have two. You have a couple timeouts. I rewrite. You know, he's. Did you have a favorite Maddenism in the games? Because I know mine. Oh my, my god! Mine was when he ranted about how they used to use stickum, but now they have gloves. The, the <laughs> so it'd be like you'd make a great catch, and Madden would be like. They used to use stickle back in my day, but now they've got those gloves. <laughs> Mine was probably in the the mid nineties games, where if if a running back or a wide receiver or even a quarterback took a big hit, he'd get up and then you just hear Madden say, "Where'd that truck come from?" Oh yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was always my favorite. Have you gone back, Collar, and watched Stickum games? If you go back and watch yes. Lester Hayes playing yes. for the Raiders on YouTube in the seventies, yeah, and you can see the the goo coming off his hands. Oh, oh. are you sure it's stick him? Because and the football <laughs> and the football would hit his hands and go nowhere. Oh. Uh, yeah. I believe Fred Bolitnikoff. 
the receiver he was for the most famous Madden. for it. Yeah, I no. believe that he was a stick. But Lester Hayes, who played, I think, cornerback for Oakland, would you stick him? And you could see the stick him just dripping Did from Lynn, his Lynn Swan must have been a stick him guy. That catch he made. Uh, oh, in, in the Super Bowl? I think most guys in the 70s were. Yeah. Uh, Tecmo Super Bowl also had some great commentary or vocals too. My favorite one was "Ready, Set, It was such a it was such a revolution when they got when Madden got him on the game, and even he was just saying "Boom!" It was like "Wow!" Like they've got John announcers Madden. on this game, yes. and you'd have John uh, or uh, Pat Summerall would be like. First down in ten, or you know, you'd be like, "Wow, first and ten, me!" Like this is great. It was, it was really great. He, there was one where my college roommate and I would laugh about it so much that he would like yell it at me in a grocery store or something. Is Madden said, "Success isn't measured in yards; it's measured on the scoreboard." So yeah. we'd be shopping. I'd be like, "This is it's like, uh, this is like three ninety nine." Be like, "Success is not measured in yards." So like, what are you talking about? So Man- Manny, you were digging around what on YouTube during the commercial break, and you oh. found some classic Madden for so, us. So on the last segment, when Collar brought up Paul McGuire and how he would just sort of get so animated during games, and he'd flip out on things certain times, and. And it reminded me of a game that Madden and Summerall were doing in 1995, the Cowboys and the Eagles. It was late in the season. I think it was like week 15 or something. And the game was tied at 17 in the fourth quarter, and there was just over two minutes left. The Cowboys had the ball on their own 40-yard line, and it was fourth and one. And so the clock is winding down to two minutes, and they snap it. They hand it off. They go for it on fourth down. They hand it off to Emmett Smith. He gets stuffed at the line. And he doesn't get it. And the Eagles think they've turned it over. Well, they had blown the whistle dead for the two-minute warning. Okay. And so, you know, so then it, it it's ruled that it wasn't even a play. It didn't even happen. So they go to the two-minute warning. They go to commercial break. And at this point, Madden's like, oh, I don't agree with this. They shouldn't be going for it on fourth down. So they, they run that play. It doesn't get, you know, it's not a real play and everything. They go to commercial break. They come back after the two-minute warning. And the Cowboys decide to go for it on fourth down again. And uh, I have it right here. Wait. Signal. He did the two-minute warning until after the ball was snapped. That the ball snapped. You can't. You don't stop the play for the two-minute warning. I'm now, still surprised the Cowboys are going for it again. For it again. I think that was a bad call the first time they did it. I think it's a bad <laughs> call now. It's fourth and it's still a foot. Emmett Smith is still deep with Daryl Johnston in front of him. In the heck is going on? <laughs> this first time. You're more. on the road. Woo. I don't know. The Eagles will take over at the Cowboy 30-yard <laughs> line, about the 29 and a half. There's no place here. I mean, this is this is short yardage defense. The Eagles are selling out against the run. They have everyone up. Cowboys are at their own the thirty There's yard. No chance. There's no chance to get. He's probably drawing all over the screen, right? He's yeah. like drawing a turkey yeah. so on the, the screen at this point. Fill the hole. The defensive backs are in the hole. The line control the line of scrimmage, but still, even that call. I mean, when you're in that area on the field, you have to punt the ball. Oh, that's 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 pretty funny. That's pretty yeah. funny. So they're, one they're, one thing that I noticed from watching all the games back is how much more critical the broadcasters are on a consistent basis from how they are now. 
I, I mean, even Tony Romo is really analytical, but you very rarely hear someone getting that upset and say, and just trashing a coach or trashing a decision. And I don't know when this was. I mean, is it, this a product? It starts. No, it started. It started with him. Madden was the first. So, so in the seventies, the the top CBS team was Summerall and Brookshire. And I'm not joking. They would go out on on Saturday night and get absolutely trashed, and show up barely. They could barely see the field and do games. And it was all their guys, right? You yeah. know, and I, and I talking to the coach and this. Before Madden became a cliche, mm-hmm. when I was a kid, he was the first guy who you were like, "Oh my God, he's explaining football to you." Right. He's not. He's not completely drunk from the night before. And that and Madden started it. And he would just he would hammer people, and so would Paul McGuire and Dan Deardorff would too. Like the the guys who were big personalities mm-hmm. would often just say like, "What is this coach thinking?" Or what <laughs> what was it? Who is this quarterback throwing it to? And even if you listen to the interception by Kirk Cousins, there's nobody chiming in to say. Is what a joke of a thrower. What is Stefan Diggs doing? I can't believe this. Like, there's, well, you know, it looks like maybe the route thing may have been a thing, and uh, maybe that's why there was a pick. It, it's amazing how much more soft the broadcasts have become, and it really stands out when you go back and watch them. Exhibit B, further along into that broadcast about a minute or so later. I thought they got that call, that two-minute warning. I thought they dodged a bullet, and then they go back and punt, and they did the same thing. Same play, same result. Yeah, they deserve to lose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Hold on. 651-646-8255. Joe in Minneapolis. We're talking random football things. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Big fan of the show. First-time caller. Um, uh, So... What random football for me brought back, uh, I don't know if you guys played it or heard of it, but NFL Blitz, 20 oh, yeah. two yes. put out yeah. by Midway. That was that was my ultimate random football. I mean, the antithesis of what the NFL is now, uh, as one of the positive things you could do was getting an amount, uh, as many late hits as possible and pile-driving people after the play. What was the play that everyone uh, used? The, the play that everyone used all the time is like a shotgun bomb or something. It had a hilarious Yeah, name. it's called it. Yes, actually, Adam Phelan referenced that play and that game as his like version of Tech Mobile. It's the closest thing to it, really, because it was so arcadey. Dude, let me let's take That's one great. more here. Uh, Leroy and St. Paul, you're on with Mackie and Judd, Matthew Collar, Manny Hill. Hey, what's up, guys? Love the show. Thanks for taking my call. Love the conversation. Um, yeah, I was, I, I was, so I was. My question is: Have you guys heard? Or did you guys uh, listen to that ESPN thirty for thirty about Madden? I don't know if you mentioned. Yeah, that. we we yeah, Kyler and I have uh, have listened to it, and it's incredible. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's as, I don't know if you guys talked about it on the show because I haven't been listening the whole time, picking kids up and stuff. But yeah, it's absolutely incredible. Madden. I didn't know that this man like pretty much designed the the game. I mean, in in a real way, you know. Um, I mean, I only remember Madden as like this video game personality. I'm thirty six. I never saw him coach or anything like that, but I have so much more respect for him after listening to that 30 for 30 and just thought it was cool that you guys were talking about it. How much? But, um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. oh I was going to say, um, well, go ahead. What's your question? Well, I was, I was going to ask you, Leroy, and the rest of the room, 
So John Madden was a football coach during an era that didn't really pay a whole lot to football coaches, right? And then he was a broadcaster and made some money in broadcasting. How much money would you guys guess he's worth? What What do you think his net worth is according to CelebrityNetWorth.com? Well, with the game itself, it's got to be millions of dollars. $200 million. Wow. wow. Yeah, that sounds about right. And it's I almost mean, all the video games. But he quit coaching really young. Really young. I, I think he, because he beat the Vikings in the 77 Super Bowl, and I think he walked away shortly after that. I think it was, a, I think he coached for like one more year and then he It was, was health, right? I think he didn't ah, like health. I thought, I thought it, sure. it was health. He also and rode, lifestyle. he rode buses everywhere too. I mean, that's yeah, a pain never in the flew. ass. Yeah, Claustrophobia. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, go ahead, Leroy. So, um, it, the game's amazing. Like, I was, I don't know if you guys talked about this part, right? Like, I played online for, I got, so I had two stories. One, I had my first child when I was 24, and my my uh, co-parent will attest to this. I got so addicted to that game, I literally broke it in half to stop playing. I was waking up in the middle of the night <laughs> at a certain time. Wow. But I had kids, so this was ridiculous. I had to break it. But later on, I got back into it after the kids got older, and you know I didn't have to wake up to feed the baby and stuff like that. And I got to about 900th in the world. And I'm telling you, as a person who who uh, played football, played high school football, and, like, dreamt about playing football for years. Like, there's nothing – there's no better feeling than calling the perfect defensive play and knowing exactly <laughs> what routes are going to be run and picking the ball off and scoring a touchdown, man. I mean, that, that's, as good as my, that's as good as my football team's ever yeah. got. <laughs> um, Leroy, that's a great call, man. Thanks there, for There's time. that same feeling on Tech Mobile when you pick the other team's play. You're just like, got him. Yes. Got him. And then that was how you played defense. Instead of picking like coverages, you just guessed the other team's play. And if you guessed it right, then you just sack the heck you out of the guy. Owned and him. And it's great. And, you know, the, the Madden part of it has taken football to a completely different level. And that's one of the takeaways from that podcast is just, you know, how football has had some of these things that have pushed it up from just being like another sport that's equal with baseball or equal with basketball to the number one by far. I think part of it is the accessibility of the broadcast. It's over the air TV. Every game is broadcast. You can find it anywhere. You can't miss football on Sunday. But another thing is having a video game like Madden be so widespread and so loved by people. And and then really it starts with Tecmo Bowl and then builds up and then Madden comes out. Yeah. But the, the story that I love from that is that Madden met with the guy who invented it on a train. Yeah. And then they he literally taught the guy football. He's like teaching him, like, this is how defenses work, and this is the plays that we have to have on this game and everything else. And the guy was like, you know, it's really hard to make a game that's like 11 on 11. I think, isn't the first Tecmo Bowl, is it 9 on 9 or something? Um, or oof, I'd have to go look. I think I feel like Tecmo Super Bowl is maybe the Maybe, it is maybe, maybe the computer version or something. Like, But it was really hard to make 11 people on the field yeah. at the same time. And Madden said he wouldn't sign off on it until that happened. Yep, it's, yeah. when we, So... Leroy mentioned being ranked. I was once ranked top 100 on a video game on some world ranking site that I will tell you guys about when we come back here. Judd looks perplexed. I don't think we've talked about this before. I don't think so. I was ranked in the top 100. Mackie and Judd now continue. What now? What now? Let me tell you what now. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Football. Come on! 
Matthew Collar is uh, with us here for a, a few more minutes. We'll wrap with Roycey before the show is over. Uh, so Leroy called in and, and said he was so obsessed with Madden. I don't even know how it works when you become ranked in Madden. Like I don't, I'm sure there's tournaments and things, and obviously people make a living playing Madden now. But he said he was ranked in the top 900 or something yeah, in the world yeah. at one point. I was once ranked 75th in the world. There was a website where you could, and you had to prove it with screenshots. You have to take a picture of your TV or whatever and submit it. Yeah. Mario Kart for Super Nintendo. You could do time trials. Oh, so yeah, how fast sure. could you go around, yeah. you know, uh, chocolate, whatever, course two, or whatever the name. I don't even remember what the name of the, the Rainbow Road, yeah, right? Rainbow one is one I remember. So I was once ranked 75th in the world, 75th fastest time wow. on one of the courses on Mario Kart so, for Super Nintendo. Nice. You had to send it in you for to them t- to then confirm yes. all people that had sent it in then to do their rankings? Yeah, you had to either right. video the run or you had to take a, a, a shot of the screen that showed what your time was at the end of uh, at the end of the run. I don't think it's nerdy to be good at a game. I think it's nerdy to take the time to send it in. <laughs> like now, you know, like now you just log on and play. Leroy. But if you're like actually taking the photo of it and mailing it in, like wow. The caller said that, effort. that that he was waking up in the middle of the night to play. Yes. And Did eventually it? had to break the game. Video game addiction's a real thing. Oh, that absolutely. A hundred percent a real thing. Dude, so the game the, the game that I got most hooked on aside from Mario Kart, there was a and that Mario Kart was probably during college. We circled back on Super Nintendo in college, but that was also when Xbox was prominent and PlayStation two and three. I had a roommate in college. This would have been sophomore year of college. We played NBA Live all the time. Mm, we yeah. so what we would do is yeah. we we'd create our own players, but then we would be on the same team and we would try to play against the hardest level but on the same team. Yep. And we were the Chicago Bulls cuz he was from Chicago. And so we created a, like he created a guy that was like basically like Derrick Rose but 5 years earlier and then I created a wing player and we would and then we would have our other guys. And what we did one night, we I'll never forget this. It was it was the final night of the semester where we had I think it was a couple tests and a couple big papers due that week, and we both had like 20-page papers due the next day that we hadn't really started on yet, because that's how college works. <laughs> and we said, all right, we were just hooked on NBA Live. We spent hours and hours a day playing NBA Live, and then I would play online poker, too, in the other hours and barely do homework. And we went and alternated every half hour. We would play a game of NBA Live and then go work on our papers for yes. a half hour oh, until yes. the sun came up. We yes. didn't go to sleep. We turned in our papers, went and got breakfast somewhere on campus at like Al's breakfast, and then came back and just played NBA Live all day long. I think <laughs> that I ruined a whole semester of my roommate's like college experience because it would be like that, only he'd skip the classes to play his game yeah. because we had a season. And what you do is you couldn't play until the other person played so you could complete the week. So I, I'd play my game. And then he'd play his, and I'm like, you know, I got the rest of the evening off or whatever. And I'm like, don't you have a night class? Something, yeah, whatever, man, whatever. Like, let's just go. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, are you sure? It's not your fault, yeah. then. Are you sure? Well, that's the thing. I'm I mean, not, I don't I'm blame. Not, yeah, I'm I don't blame you. Mom. Right. So I was just like, all right, bro, I'm in. You so need to complete what you need to complete. Season go ahead. after oh, season, and the the best. Now, Adam Thielen and I related to each other on this that um, we both went to colleges <laughs> no one heard of. Um, Hey, oh, thanks, guys. Yeah, so, yeah. Th- no, we, we both got in fights with roommates over Madden seasons. 
where Adam said that they would have big tournaments and stuff and they would have seasons. <laughs> they would each take a team in the division. So, you know, Bears, Lions, Vikings, Packers, and then they would play each other twice a year and then go to the Super Bowl or whatever. My roommate and I did the same thing, and we got to the Super Bowl one year, and he was up two touchdowns in the fourth and went for two when he scored another one. And I swear we didn't talk for a week. I was so, I was like, that is Bush. That is Bush League. You don't pull that. You do not pull that. That is disrespect in yeah, this, this is, condo that we're renting from some old lady. Definitely a real so thing. Pretty smart yeah. to me, yeah. actually. Yep. Me and my cousins, we would kind of do the same thing you were talking about, Phil, with NBA Live, where it was me and two of my cousins. We would create our create ourselves, and we'd put, we put ourselves on the Sixers. And we went through this. It was live 04, I think it was. And so I created myself as a as like a 6'10", 250-pound power forward or whatever. And one cousin was like a shooting guard and another one was was the point guard. And we would we would all be playing at the same time on the same team. And when we would lose, we would like be mad at each other oh, and yeah. fighting with each other. Yeah, and be like, well, you totally should be irrational. rebounding better. And yep. <laughs> yeah, like we, <laughs> totally would play the, we would play the Timberwolves and I would be stuck with guarding Kevin Garnett and he would just kick the crap out of me. And then like both of them are mad at me because you gotta I ha- Kevin you gotta, Garnett no, you gotta 30 and 17 against us. Yeah, you can't Being let able him to create paint. your own yeah. player was a complete game changer. Oh. I mean, to, with basketball games, I could make myself like exact height. And three pointers, but nothing else. Can we make Judd on the on a basketball game? Uh, you can make yeah. zero everything. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you could. Yeah, it probably wouldn't be very hard. Oh, It'd be a winning play for the it, other team. It's funny that they say about Daniel Hunter, he's number 99 because he's a creative player, and you could just right get you know because his height and you know all his his skills and stuff. And Judd would be number zero then. Yes, we had to make this <laughs> double, zero. Right, uh, double zero. Double zero because he'd be double zero everything. Uh, we we're gonna ask Pat what video games he used to play back in the day when we come back. But uh, Kyler, you can find him Purple Podcast and also fifteen hundred ESPN dot com. We'll keep an eye on Stefan Diggs too. He hasn't practiced all week, and we can talk more about that tomorrow. So, all right, we'll be back with Pat. Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That's just about the most fantastic scheme I've had to date on fifteen hundred ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. You're about to make a whole lot of people around here real happy. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. All right, quick check on your traffic here as uh, we get ready to wrap things up with Patrick Royce. 169 northbound. We've got a crash uh, near Hopkins between US 212 and Londonderry Drive. Factor in an extra six minutes there, gentlemen. Thank you, sir. TCL Broadcast Studios, time to uh, wrap with Royce. All right, Patrick, I saw saw you tweeting about it. How did the candy distribution go last night with the change in uh, from what? Big bars to small candy, right? Yeah, we went with a great big trough of stuff, and I was in charge of the uh, door, and uh, I uh, I, I could see that we had more candy than was required. So I'd say just take a handful and... Uh, you know, even through the the uh, costume, you can see the greedy kid from the uh, timid kid, and uh, some of the some of the kids from up the street were taking some pretty mighty handfuls. But we still had leftover candy. But they liked all that little. You know, last year I gave out like 
full-size Milky Ways or something, and nobody wow. liked it. But now they, they they like to dig in there and grab all this, you know, goofy starburst and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, very popular. But uh, we didn't get the uh, 17-year-olds at 9 o'clock like we usually do. I don't know where they were. This, usually, you know, that's when, the, that's when the high school kids who got a, need a sugar rush show up. But uh, we didn't see any of those last night. It was Pat, a nice night for Pat, us. Pat, I hit, I hit the jackpot last night. So we, uh, the gal and I went over to a couple friends of ours who were have little kids and we're taking them trick-or-treating and say well you know we'll dress up in costumes and we'll handle sure. we'll, we'll handle your door and maybe uh, help sort the candy you know you, you, you can never have too many hands available on Halloween <laughs> and uh, and someone down the street was giving away salted nut rolls and, and and none of the kids wanted the salted nut rolls I said first of all I'll take them because they're amazing and secondly when did kids stop appreciating the art of the salted nut roll? I mean, what is happening am, to society? It really is bad. They uh, and they, they, I don't think they like Snickers because they got peanuts. I don't think they like peanuts. I don't, I don't think they like peanuts. They might be they allergic believe. to them, like me, Pat. Yeah, oh, they, get they, out of here. Toughen like up. Manny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Manny's, uh, you know, if Manny came to my door, I'd be damn sure to give him a salted nut roll. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I knew he'd give it back to me. There's no better candy bar in the world than a salted nut roll. Yeah. There's no better candy bar in the world. So there's been there's been about three times, at least since I started here at 1500, where they'll just bring in a, a block <laughs> of salted nut roll and a knife. Yeah. It's, it's too much. For 10 days. By about the 10th day, you couldn't cut it with an axe. It's a hockey puck. <laughs> becomes a hockey puck, Patrick. You can use it for street We're hockey. Trying. That's maybe the only thing that didn't get devoured completely on the counter there at uh, AM 1500. Uh, that's for sure. Hey, your thoughts on Derek Rose? How about that? It's, 50 points. I'm, I'm, I am more shocked by this than, than Case Keenum to Stefan Diggs. I'm more shocked by this. I, 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 you see Bill Simmons's, I'm not a big, the biggest Bill Simmons fan, but you see his tweet. I'm glad I didn't hear about this when I was in my car because I would have crashed. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, it just didn't, it was, he even made four threes. He was four out of seven on threes and he was too quick for everybody on the floor. So your prediction, Judd, yesterday, that everybody was going to cheer Rowdy Lee for uh, Ricky and Boo Tibbs. Uh, uh, first of all, it didn't seem like there were enough people there to actually cheer or boo, but uh, didn't did Ricky didn't exactly light it up last night. Ricky, he had Rick, five points and six uh, six turnovers. Ricky got a rousing ovation in introductions, and Tibbs got booed. And after that, everything I thought was wrong. <laughs> well, everything. That's I said it on Twitter. I say it all the time. The great thing about sports, we know exactly what's going to happen unless it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that was uh, that was certainly the case last night. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll see what happens now. But boy, I was reading about Miami's salary cap problems. I don't think there's a trade there to be made because there's they're going to try to give you some of their crapola. You know, they're going to they got they got a terrible future salary cap problems they want you to take either waiters or tyler johnson or i don't think Dragic. Is even, uh yeah yeah some they're going to try to get you to take they probably want to keep Dragic, but uh uh and then the houston thing that we've now found out on houston oh by the way if we give you a decent player then we're going to start reducing the uh number of first rounders right so if you get eric gordon instead of this 
one of the guys that Houston allegedly was going to trade him, they did not pick up his contract option. Uh, some forward, Marcus, somebody or something. Marcus, so, uh, Chris? I'm not sure there's a trade out there yet. Philadelphia is the best. I still think Philadelphia is the best bet. I wonder if you, uh, do you think they trade Markel Fultz in a deal for Jimmy Butler? Would you uh, take him? Ooh. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I want him oh right God, now. They'd trade, they'd trade him in four minutes. But, uh, hmm. you know, they, they, I, I don't know if I'd want him. I'd rather have Serge and uh, somebody else. I Covington. Know, Covington, maybe something like that. That's, I'd make that trade. I don't know if money works on that. But, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, uh, I didn't realize that the Heat were in jail as far as they're, uh, financial. Pat, so they're, they're still paying they're Chris. trying to get rid of Jing, and they're, you know, Miami's trying to get him more stuff he can't get rid of. So they're, they're, I think they're still paying Chris Bosh the big contract that they gave him. I don't know if it's going up against their cap, but they're, they're still paying him. Yeah, they're paying him the money, but I think they get cap relief because of that ailment that he ended up with or yeah. something like that. I, I'm not sure about that. But, Judd, you want more? You two guys want the owner who's making trades. Huh? That's You want Dan Gilbert. Huh? Okay. Well, did, did you hear his quotes with Doogie yeah. on today's impromptu scoop where, yes, I where, he, so, I where he sounds like he has no clue what's going on? Well, Tibbs tells me this. And I don't. Want, I don't want him well, making but, trades. I want him, but I want him. I want the less. I want less turmoil beneath him. That's what I want. Well, but uh, I would rather have Scott Layden make the trade than Clint Taylor being telling Scott Layden what to do. But uh, that's just me, I guess. I pick the best executive I, I at like, the Star Tribune like, and have him go make the trade or her. I don't, I don't like owners who are. Uh, think they're geniuses. I don't like owners who think they know what the hell is going on. The last time Glenn tried that, it cost him four number one draft choices. So, You know what I want? Mike Klingensmith, who does a great job running the Star Tribune and Crevier. They can go to Target Center and work this trade. How about that? Hey, go, they could hire Crevier. He's uh, done November 16th, so uh, can, he can, he's available. Yeah. <laughs> Although I don't think he's that much of an NBA guy. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, tip, tips at this point ain't either, so it might all work wow. out fine. Uh, Pat, we'll see, see how. That was see. a terrible signing of Derrick Rose. Everybody was right about that. Let's go back and look at that stuff. <laughs> let me, let Pat, me tell you something, sir. Pat was everyone in my Twitter feed last night. There it is. All right, see you, Pat. <laughs> all right, we're back tomorrow. If you missed any of our Glenn Taylor snippets, or if you just want to hear it on the Scoop podcast, 15 com.